Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbiter? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This night your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord, huh? Another week. Hope everyone had a great week. It's always nice to see your faces, by the way. I miss you guys during the week. You know, I, just, I just miss you guys. I told the same thing to the other crowds. So I don't feel special. As a few announcements as we, before we dive into these amazing readings. Uh, many of you, on Friday, got an email supposedly from the parish office. I don't know if you got it, but uh, uh, we had our, 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 our contact list. Our email account was hacked, and so they stole our contact list. And then they, in our name, they sent out an email. And it's a common scam, by the way. It's happening all over the United States. All these Catholic parishes are being hit by this scam. Where they'll, they'll hack our contact list, and then in our name of the parish or the pastor, they'll send out an email, and guess what they want? Money, right? Gift cards or something else. And some of you are even getting text messages from me as well. And that's a common one. And so, so just know, whenever you get suspicious emails from us asking for stuff, just be weary. It's probably a scam, most likely. And sadly, this is not going to be the last time. It happens constantly. Again, I talked to my brother priests across the United States, and they're experiencing the same thing. So it's a targeted thing because you trust, or ideally you trust your priests, and, and so that's what they're using that against you to get <coughs> iTunes gift cards and, and whatever else. Again, if I need something from you, I'm going to show up at your house at 2 in the morning <laughs> and ask for stuff. And secondly, as, as, as Jessica noted in the uh, intro, uh, we have many projects ongoing. As, as you know, you saw the construction here the renovations of the hall, the railings. So be careful when you go out there. You saw that the railing was gone, and so, and so that's ongoing. And then also tomorrow, roof repair is beginning in Portola. So if you ever go to church in Portola, be mindful of the scaffolding. 
Uh, we have certain shingles that have fallen off. We have a leak. And, you know, that is, as homeowners, all the little up, to, all the little up things you got to, or uh, rather, um, the upgrades you have to think of. Same thing in the church. So your donation dollars are hard at work. I'm spending your money like crazy. So rest assured, you're doing it well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Just a couple of days ago on Friday, I was in Colfax. We have a retreat center there. If you recall, during the One campaign, when that whole thing was going on, part of the money for the One campaign, if you, if you, do, if you contribute to that, is building up a new Catholic campsite. And it's in Colfax there. It's, uh, we're slowly building that, hopefully get it off the ground. But I was there because at the very moment, there are 64 high school boys there on retreat, ages 13 to 17, so 64 of them. So I was there on Friday night to give them a talk on a, on a great subject, obedience and celibacy, huh? or as I call it, the fun talk for them. Huh? I get, I get a, a great, great responsibility to that. And, and as I was there, I was sitting there, so, so you can imagine, we're in this big, big hall, there's 64, again, 13 to 17-year-old boys there. And I said to the young men, I said, brothers, and again, they're all sitting in a semi-circle, and I'm talking to them. And I said to them, I asked, I said, let's, let, let's, let's, get, let's be honest. What message are you hearing from us? adults, the wider culture. So what message are you hearing? That in order for you to be happy, what do you need? So again, I said, what message are you hearing from the wider culture? That in order for you to, to be happy, what are we telling you that you need? And immediately all the hands fought. Father, the, the, we're, we're hearing that we need money to be happy. Get a lot of money, they said, Father. We need a lot of money. We get a lot of money, get a lot of stuff. We get, we, get, we get houses, we get cars. So we need money to be happy. I said, okay. Wasn't a surprise. I said, what else, what else are you hearing from us adults? Because remember, they're, they're in that, that, that coveted demographic, aren't they? 13 to 17-year-olds. Ooh, advertisers love that demographic. So what else are you hearing from our culture that you need to be happy? To be popular, Father. To be famous. I said, oh, okay. okay. So let's kind of break it down. So our culture is telling you, for you to be happy, you need stuff and people to look at you. <laughs> right. I said, yes. And if I was speaking to a group of young ladies at that same demographic, same age bracket, 13 to 17-year-olds, if I were to ask them, I said, in order for you to be popular, what do you have to do to, be, to kind of get that happiness? Oh, I, gotta, I have to look a certain way. I have to be pretty. Right? Okay, so this is the message we're giving you, aren't we? I said, yes, Father. Try this, by the way, when you go home tonight, if you, have, if you have kids that age bracket. Ask them straight up. What are you hearing? Because, again, there's, it, it can even be on a subconscious level. It just kind of seeps in as part, of, as part of the air we breathe. Ask your kids. 
what do you think it means to be happy? And you start, again, I guarantee you start hearing this, this same thing. Bring that up. Ask them straight up. What do you hear? What message? We're putting all this pressure on our kids. And then what happens when they achieve supposedly this, this happiness? When they get there, when they, when, when they achieve that level, guess what? They're not happy. <laughs> Again, is there any surprise? And you've heard me say this ad nauseum constantly. For the first time, three years in a row, life expectancy in the United States is decreasing. Remember the two reasons why? The opioid epidemic and then suicides. So we're, we have everything, but we're miserable. And it's tearing our people apart. Because we're getting this message and we get it and we're like, wait a minute, I was promised something. And it's not working. And we see in the readings today why, don't we? All of the readings have a common thread. Jesus, we hear in the gospel, someone in the crowd says to him, Jesus, Tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. As it was in the first century, as it is today, oftentimes, and, I'm, and I've seen this in every parish I've been to, when a family member, especially when a parent dies and leaves a substantial inheritance, what happens to the kids? I see this all the time. Even the holiest of families. It, they're, they're, they're cowering for position to try to get their piece of the inheritance. And, and I've seen brothers and sisters, family members, cousins just tear each other apart to try to get what? More stuff. I see this all the time. And Jesus brings this up and he says to him, responds, he rebukes him. He says, friend, who appointed me your judge and arbiter? And he lays it out. He says to the crowd, take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, life does not consist of possessions. The original Greek word here for greed, I think, is a little bit more enlightening. The original Greek here for greed reads, plenonexia, which could be translated into this, this idea of, of a super abundance, a super attachment to hoard. That's what the word means here. Because again, our Lord isn't, isn't chastising us who have been blessed with wealth. No, it, it, it's good to have material possessions. It is good to have a nice house, to have land and property. That, that's all amazing things. But what our Lord here is warning us against is the plenonexia. This attachment to acquire more and more and more. An unsatiable desire to keep accumulating. And he lays out this beautiful example of the rich young man in this parable. Notice the language, by the way, of this, of this man. He says that his land has produced a bountiful harvest. And again, remember, we're speaking to an agriculture society here. So wealth is determined by their harvest. So this man has, has been blessed with an amazing harvest. And notice the language. He asked himself, 
What shall I do? I do not have enough space to store this, this, this wealth. And then he says, this is what I shall do. I shall tell down, tear down my barns. And I shall say to myself, now as for you, you have so many great things. Notice the language of this rich young man. Look how great I am. Look how amazing I am. Look at my harvest. Everybody, look at me. And then Jesus responds, You fool. You idiot. Your life will be demanded of you. The things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? You see, my friends, the frustrating thing about this life is that we take nothing home with us, do we? When we die, all that we worked for, all that we've built up, everything will be left to somebody else. will be left for the government to take. It will be left for our kids to fight over who didn't build it up, but rather now they, they receive what we've given them. And so our Lord here is saying, Life is more than just this desire to keep getting more stuff. And then I asked the kids at that retreat on Friday night, I said, okay, so that, that's what our culture is telling you. Now let me ask all of you, who here have ever heard that in order for you to be happy, build up your relationship with God? So how many of you heard that before? Silence. Silence. See, no one has told you that in order for you to be happy, <coughs> strengthen your relationship with Him. Say, no. Do you recall now the words of the other rich young man who, elsewhere in Scripture, went up to Jesus and said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is, how do I get it to, to heaven? Do you remember the response of Jesus? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, give yourself away. Or in the words of St. Paul today in the second reading, if you have been raised with Christ, think of things that are above. Strive for that which is higher. Right? Strive for what is, of, strive for heavenly things. Not this insatiable desire for more. Oh, by the way, and how companies and advertisers know this weakness in all of us, don't they? So in September, a new iPhone's coming out, by the way. And then people will line up in front of their stores because now they have last year's version of, of the iPhone. Why do you think they do that, by the way? Every year they release new models. Because they know your weakness and my weakness. Why do car companies release a new model every year of their car? Because, and they've only tweaked a little thing here and there, and then they'll, because they know that when I see oh, the, the new 2020 model, me with my new 2019, I'll say, ah, oh, look, the 2020 has that little thing, that, that little light that goes like this, and, and now it has a... This new phone has, a little, has higher megapixels than my current phone. And oh, oh, I want that. 
right? Oh, how they play us like a fiddle. And we'll drop down $1,000 for a new phone, even though my old phone is just a year old. What is, what is that? And then it's like, a, it's like a constant cycle, isn't it? And so our Lord is speaking to that desire of the human heart, that plenonexia. He says, guard against that. Because if you keep feeding it, it's a monster that will never be fooled. Rather, think of things that are above. My friends, what is your prayer life like? What is it like? Are you rich in your prayer life? Are you upper middle class? Are you middle class in your prayer life? Are you poor in your prayer life? Ask yourself now. Because we're easily, we, we constantly judge ourselves financially all the time. We compare ourselves all the time. All right, let's compare ourselves now in the spiritual way. How are you in that area of your life? If not, build it up. Build it up. I don't care how you've lived for the last 20 years or so today. How do you relate to your neighbor? How do you serve your neighbor? Build that up. Remember the words of Jesus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Again, the idea of pouring oneself out. And when we do this, my friends, oh, how we will be rich. So our Lord is telling us, live differently than everybody else. Live differently. I have called you to be better. I have called you higher. Because remember, you and I, and I'll end here, we are the salt of the earth, my friends. We are the light of the world. And we are called to shine like the stars. And not like everybody else. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.